Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, uh, we are actually talking about this a bit on the show uh, yesterday, that as COVID has faded a bit, other viruses have begun to circulate more. And the one that's causing some concern, particularly among parents, is the RSV virus. Now, it's common, certainly not you, but th- new, but this year, it seems to be in wider circulation than usual. But with that has also come the virus of misinformation. Aoife Gallagher is a researcher with the Institute of Strategic Dialogue. He's been looking into this for the journal.ie. Aoife, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, right, now you're mainly, uh, you, as I say, you were mainly looking at Twitter, but I suppose Twitter has uh, no restrictions on this kind of thing uh, anymore. So it might be uh, a, good, a good example of this. Now, take us back to November when there were a certain amount of tweets about this uh, mostly from healthcare professionals. Yeah, so what I did is I kind of looked at the conversation about RSV on Twitter over the space of a month. And what you found was that as the kind of news reports were coming out about, you know, the the kind of surge in infections, the highest engaged tweets were from healthcare professionals and people that were trying to kind of sound the alarm about the fact that there was, you know, this was going to cause a surge in pediatric wards across the world and things like that. Um, and then what I found about three weeks into it was that all this kind of information that was coming from a, from a good place was essentially taken over by false information and uh, different kinds of false information that was kind of promoting different theories about wh- why RSV was circulating. Um, and this was the, 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 the information essentially that was floating to the top of Twitter at that point. Right. OK, so it, it, within was it within the space of, of a week or less, Aoife, that it turned from, if you like, public health announcements into this is all a sinister plot type announcements? I think about about two two and a half weeks or so, yeah, until, yeah. until it turned into that, yeah. Right, and and you, it's as far as I can see, you've kind of uh, uh, the two of you have uh, in, in, uh, have kind of identified three kind of main uh, strands on this. It was Eva Galhara and uh, Clara Martin, I should say, as well, was also involved in this. And the first one seemed to be that um, this idea that it was actually the COVID nineteen vaccine that had caused the RSV um, surge. Yeah, well, this is this is quite a predictable thing. And it's it's good to kind of explain kind of the way that COVID has really influenced these groups. So, I mean, the kind of science denial communities online have changed substantially since the pandemic and they've grown substantially and they've also become like intertwined with, it, with these communities internationally. And what a lot of these, the people that are involved, still involved in these communities will still believe in the kind of claims about COVID. So the idea that maybe COVID was a hoax or it wasn't as serious as it was made out to be, and that it was some kind of an elaborate plot, essentially, to trick people into taking a vaccine. And so what we find now is that with every kind of disease outbreak or any kind of surge in infections, that these same claims are being recycled. So they'll try and kind of um, I suppose, link it back to the COVID vaccines in some way. So this is a very, very common thing that we've seen. We've seen it with monkeypox earlier in the year. We saw it with, you know, a surge in, in polio in the US earlier in the year as well. Now it's happening with RSV. I've actually just seen in the past couple of days that it's happening with strep A. So it's the same kind of recycled um Recycled claims, I suppose, that are bit that are being spread all the time. Mm. Now, but I mean, but in the process of doing that, they're able to, you know, they look at at, at the research surrounding the vaccine itself, and 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 mm. describe for us like what's cherry picked and what's ignored. 
Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of, there's some very core tenets to science denial and the same kind of tactics are used over and over again. And cherry picking is one of the most common ones. So what they essentially do, and the one that I kind of go into in the piece in the journal, is that they will take little pieces of information from official documents. And in this case, it was, you know, FDA documents about the clinical trials for the Pfizer vaccines. Um, And it's very easy. These documents are really large and they go into a lot of detail about, you know, different, um, different illnesses that were looked at within the placebo groups and the vaccine groups and things like that and with a simple control and f like just looking to, to find you know any kind of um uh, mention of any words within these documents they'll be able to they find mentions of rsv so what they do is they take these mentions of rsv they decontextualize them and they make them look as if the vaccines the covid vaccines have caused rsv so they'll take these little pieces of information but they'll ignore the other pieces of information within these documents that disprove that so it's a very, very, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a smart way essentially to kind of trick people into thinking that um, that the COVID vaccines are causing RSV. And it really is kind of reliant on, I suppose, the average person's lack of understanding of scientific knowledge and, and scientific language. Um, and also a lot of people are not going to go into those documents and read them from start to finish to actually figure out what it is that they're saying about RSV. Mm. Um, but again, it's, it's a very, very common tactic. We see this over and over again. Yeah. Now, I mean, and that particular one, I mean, you said you, you kind of sources to uh, uh, the high wire uh, which is mm. funded by uh, Dell Big Tree that's a hell of a name mm-hmm. uh, but so is 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 the high wire and Dell Big Tree are they making an income from this Oh, absolutely. Dell Bigtree is one of, like, he's one of the most prominent anti-vaccine campaigners. He's been around for a very long time and he kind of teamed up, as far as I can remember, with Andrew Wakefield, who was, you know, a, mm. a lot of, in a lot of ways, the godfather of the, the modern anti-vaccine movement and kind of um, spread the claim um, initially from the UK that the MMR vaccines were causing autism. And when Andrew Wakefield was kind of banished from the UK, he went over to the States, he teamed up with Dell Bigtree um, and they produced a number of like really potent propaganda films about the, the, the kind of anti-vaccine movement. Um, and what you see is that, you know, people like Dell Bigtree, other people that I've mentioned in that piece are R.F. Kennedy Jr., who is the, the son of, of, of Robert F. Kennedy, who has also become a very prominent anti-vaccine campaigner. Um, it's the same people a lot of the time that are that are promoting these things over and over again. So a lot of the time it's just the, the same figures and they kind of, as I say, they're very, they're very adept at using these tactics and kind of, you know, using that kind of, those ideas of cherry picking and kind of being able to play on people's fears about, you know, um, I suppose, and, and play on people's distrust in things like the pharmaceutical industry. They've been doing this for a long time. And yeah, they're making a lot of money from it as yeah. well. Now, and, and, and another uh, kind of, well, this is a clip that went viral that, that you describe, and it is an interesting tactic. This is Lee Dundas, uh, uh, who's a lawyer. But what seems to have happened is that Lee Dundas goes in front of uh, an Orange County Board of Supervisors, and it's, you know, it's, it's to do with get emergency hospital beds, and then has a rant saying, I'm not going to give in to you doing X, Y, and Z, and they weren't asking to do X, Y, and Z, but if it's, the, the video is cut a certain way, it looks like that. Exactly, yeah, so she went into the, the yeah, yeah, an Orange County, um, an Orange County Board of Supervisors in Eaton, they had just um, d- declared a health emergency about RSV, which essentially allowed them to acquire more hospital beds for children in Orange County. But she went into this board and essentially kind of became very, very agitated because she claimed that this was, you know, a trick that they were trying to bring in this health emergency to bring back things like lockdowns and masks and and all the things that we kind of went through um, in the early days of the, of the pandemic. Um, and again, the 
exactly as you said, really, the way the video was clipped um, and her, I suppose, her passion and the way she kind of speaks with, you know, she she gets very kind of agitated as she's speaking about it. Um, it's, it, again, it's a very good way to kind of pull people in. You know, outrage travels really fast online. Outrage kind of, you know, gathers engagement. And you have to do, again, you have to do a bit of work to figure out what, where it was that she was speaking at, what it, exactly it was that the health emergency was going to mean. Um, and none of that context is in that clip. It's just her kind of, you know, screaming about uh, not wanting lockdowns to come back, you know. Yeah, now, uh, and, and I suppose the fact now that there is uh, news that there may well be a vaccine for RSV coming down the, uh, coming down the tracks, you don't even mm. need facts to kind of scare people about that one. Exactly. Yeah. So in the last couple of months, there has been some amazing breakthroughs, really, for the development of um, RSV vaccines. And that would obviously reduce this level of sickness that we've seen this year, It would re- reduce the pressures on hospitals that we've seen. It would have you know, an, an amazing impact really worldwide. But again, within these communities, any vaccine is taken as proof of some kind of a sinister plot. So, I mean, it could be you know, some kind of a plot by pharmaceutical companies to increase profits or in, you know, really extreme cases, um, you know, plans to depopulate the world or to track people through, through through vaccines or whatever it is. But again, these are, you know, as, I, as I've said, you know, these recycled kind of claims that um, are constantly coming up over and over again. Um, and it's also very much kind of rooted in the conspiratorial mindset, right? So a lot of people with these kind of conspiratorial mindsets, you know, when news of an RSV infection breaks and then a week later news of, um, you know, positive clinical trials for RSV vaccine breaks, they won't see that as, you know, the, the fact that, you know, people have been working on RSV vaccines for years and these results have come out at the same time. They'll They'll try and kind of... I suppose, forge connections between these two things and see it again as some kind of a a sinister plot. So they'll say that, well, what are the odds that an RSV vaccine has come out at the same time as RSV infections? This must be part of some kind of a, a plot to make us take the vaccines and, you know, depopulate the world or whatever it is that that's um that they believe i suppose mm. um at the end yeah mm. I mean I mean there are people who seem to kind of do this thing full time um and, mm. and they're quite prominent. Do you think they do believe it Eva? um it's hard to say right I mean it's often hard to say what people really believe and what they don't. I think that um I think that either way it is having an impact, and even if the the people the likes of Del Big Tree who maybe realize that he could make very good money from this, maybe he doesn't believe everything that he that he promotes and he kind of just does it because he can make a lot of money. but at the end of the day, there are people believing in this, and we saw this during covid you know we saw the the kind of countless stories of people that turned down the the covid vaccine and either got extremely sick or in some cases died because they had done that so in, in a lot of ways, you know, the the impact is still very real. And I think when it comes to things like health information and medical misinformation, it's more real than, than, than a lot of other kinds of misinformation because it really can be a matter of life and death and people can make really, really bad health decisions based off of this kind of false information. Yeah, actually, if somebody's texted in to say, we now know that the vaccines don't prevent transmission, infection or death. So what were they mm-hmm. for? Yeah. And again, um, like this is, you know, it's a common one that comes up as well. And I think that um, what is kind of lost, I think, sometimes within, you know, news reports and things like that about, say, the vaccines or the COVID vaccines is the fact that science is always changing. Right. And when the vaccines first came out, 
what was it? You know, at the, the start of 2021, um, and the the efficacy rates were through the roof, right? They were they were really really good, mm. but that changed as the as the virus changed. You know, as COVID changed, that changed, and that can be taken and is very much framed within these communities as proof that scientists are lying and not the fact that the science is changing. And you know, we have to kind of change as the science changes and as viruses change. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, as I say, a lot of you know science denial tactics are kind of rooted in the fact that the average person wouldn't be aware of how science is conducted, and you know it's very easy to kind of trick people, I suppose, in that way. Aoife, thanks a million for uh, speaking with us today. That was Aoife Gallagher there. Uh, Aoife is a researcher with the Institute for Strategic Dialogue and also the author of Web of Lives, the uh, Web of Lies, I should say, the lure and danger of conspiracy theories. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.